0: of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you
1: pain Call
0: Michael and Stanley Jim, Dwight, Creek. Call Andy and Kelly For
1: your business paper needs Dunder Mifflin The people, persons, paper, people Dunder Mifflin The people, persons, paper, people Time out, time out, time out. Hey, Paper People! Welcome back to Out of Paper. Today we are talking about Halloween, the fifth episode of Season 2. How's it going, Rob? Going great. How are you? Good. Great. Yeah. I'm glad that, uh, in honor of this episode, we're both wearing Halloween costumes, even though it's not Halloween.
0: Right. I'm a little uncomfortable with you and your Dominatrix outfit, but, you know, I'll get used to it.
1: Well, this is me. And I'm putting it out there. Yeah, and uh, it's I who you really that. are now. I appreciate. Well, it's always been who I am, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the lack of judgment. Oh well, yeah, discomfort takes, isn't judgment, I guess.
0: Takes all walks of life. Yeah,
1: so, you know. I mean, I could say something about your very tight ballerina costume, but yeah. I haven't brought it up. Well, I guess I just did. You know. But I like it. Yeah, but suits you. I've been practicing my pirouettes. Nice. <laughs> All right, so here we are in our costumes, <laughs> yep. ready to discuss this episode. uh you find any news? I found a little bit of news, but uh, nothing much. No, I didn't find anything. Oh, okay, well all I saw was an article from a couple of days ago that was Netflix uh, has, I guess, announced that The Office is their most streamed show of all time, beating out all their originals. Huh,
0: I thought we already covered that.
1: I think that was maybe that it was... Like that their most it was their most streamed, like syndicated show, maybe. I don't think they came out and admitted oh. that it was their most streamed overall. Well,
0: I read an article that The Office was the most streamed show of all time on any service.
1: So maybe that wasn't that was counting every way to stream it. I don't know. I know it seemed to be some different article of some kind. Okay. Maybe it's not. We could just cut this whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I saw. Okay cool yeah well if we got nothing else might as well just jump into it sure cool all right this week as i mentioned is halloween the fifth episode of the second season it was written by greg daniels and directed by paul feig it aired on october 18th 2005 and was viewed by eight million people nice yeah it seems like they're kind of keeping fairly consistent viewer numbers at least for this season definitely better than the first season yeah and that's always good to see for sure cool so let's start with the episode uh it begins we see phyllis sitting at her desk applying cat makeup or maybe fixing cat makeup and then we get a shot of devin and creed sitting working across from one another uh silently devin's a hobo and creed is a vampire yeah is he a hobo or is it a hobo clown i guess it's just a hobo
0: yeah i think it's just a hobo it's otherwise kind of a- you'd have like a red nose
1: yeah, I feel like it's like a silent movie era hobo. Oh yeah. Old school hobo. Yeah. Got sure. the stick and the handkerchief. I don't know if he had that, but it looks it wouldn't be out of place. Yeah. He has the
0: he has a look like he would have those things. Exactly. And you know what's crazy? I just realized. There's three women in the office that are cats. Yeah, I
1: didn't realize that until this most recent watch through either. And that's yeah. weird. It is. Yeah. Kelly's the only person that did not dress like a cat. Well,
0: the only woman, and we do see Meredith. well the only woman, not just yeah. oh, yeah. that's we, right. We do see Meredith in a deleted scene, and I don't even know. It looked like she was a
1: witch, and her <laughs> face was smeared with fake blood. <laughs> yeah, like a really dark. Uh, I, I don't know. It looked yeah. like it would be like an April Ludgate costume from Parks and Rec. Yeah.
0: It's like a a cave dwelling witch.
1: Maybe she was a blood orphan.
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Me neither, but it's <laughs> mentioned by April and Parks and Rec. So oh, okay. I think Chris Pratt's response is he doesn't know what that is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, she looks pretty crazy. It's too bad she didn't make it into the final cut.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that she just didn't by happenstance end up in a shot. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember seeing her costume until that deleted scene. So
1: I wonder if the, all the cat costumes are meant to kind of denote a general lack of enthusiasm for Halloween, yet a willingness to wear a costume nonetheless. Maybe. Because I feel like, you know, I've always heard that, like, that's if you can't, like, at least for a woman or a girl growing up, like, if you can't think of a costume idea, it's just like, oh, just be a cat. It's like the easy go-to. Yeah. Or ghost. Or ghost. Well,
0: yeah. Just white sheet, (laughs) two holes. (laughs) boom. Yeah. It's interesting. Angela, I feel like, regardless of, well, maybe not regardless of, but had some enthusiasm behind her cat costume.
1: Oh, yeah. And if she's the only person, I feel like she'll always be a cat if she dresses up for Halloween. Right. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Although she doesn't much later in the series when they're all competing for the Scran wilkes coupon book. Which
0: makes sense because I feel like, you know, the people who know her may see her costume and dismiss it as... A lazy choice for
1: Angela. Mm-hmm. And she knows what sells around this office. <laughs> and I, I also feel like, to be fair, Angela's a pretty different character at that point in the series. Oh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, we are getting ahead of ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah, after this establishing shot, which is as far as we've gotten, uh, we move on to Michael coming in, wishes a very merry, happy Halloween to Pam. And she tells him that Jan called, and it just deflates him. Does he specifically say Mary? Oh no, no, he says Happy Halloween. Did I say Merry Halloween? <laughs> Wished her a very Merry Happy Halloween. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> okay, Christmas I just saw the brain. I guess. Yeah, I thought I
0: missed that, and I was like, Oh, that's hilarious.
1: No, I, I didn't even notice. I said that. <laughs> okay. Happy Halloween. Yes. Or Merry Happy Happy. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he's real. He's real excited to
0: be there that day, and yep. then. First thing Pam says is Happy Halloween Jan called.
1: (laughs) He goes from a ten to a zero. Yep. And then I guess this would probably be where we would get the deleted scene that seemed to be the alternate cold open of him kind of wistfully walking around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, walking. (laughs) You're all just real beautiful,
0: innocent people. (laughs) Yep.
1: It oh, was great. It was. Um, so yeah, then we cut to Michael in his office, and he says he knows the calls because it's the end of the month, and he has to let someone go. He was supposed to do it by now. So Michael, I guess, tries to call Jan and gets her receptionist or assistant. It's unclear. Sherry, mm-hmm. who says that Jan is in a meeting, but that she wants the name of who he's planning to let go by the end of the day, preferably now. And uh, Michael... Asks Sherry that if she was going to be fired, how would she want to be told so that she could still be friends with the person that's doing it? She just kind of sighs and says, You know, Jan really needs the name. And Michael says, Okay, kind of looks off to the side and is like, I wish I could, you know, fire Sherry. (laughs) Still here, Michael. (laughs) And uh, he hangs up the phone on her. So then we get Michael talking about how layoffs are, you know, you always see people talking about them in the movies, but in real life, they're really heavy stuff. <laughs> really hard to do when you have to do it yourself. Yep. <laughs> and then that's the first time the camera uh, kind of zooms out from Michael and we see that he's attached his paper mache head. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to go into this head a little bit. It doesn't really look very much like him. At all,
0: yeah I don't know if it was supposed to be exactly like him
1: yeah, i I don't know. I mean, I think that's what he was going for, yeah, he does say he ordered it online, paid like eighty six bucks for it, so maybe really yeah, I don't remember him saying that I think uh well, we have a clip. let's play a clip. I think it might actually be mentioned in the clip, okay, so let's find out
2: I mean, you hear about layoffs in the news. But when you actually have to do it yourself It is heavy stuff It's I mean these are people's lives you're talking about You wanted me? Yes Paper mache? Yes Yes (laughs) Um, Pam I have to let somebody go today This is uh, The hardest thing I've ever had to do why did you put it off until Halloween? Because it's very scary stuff. I think it's going to put a damper on the party a little. You're worried about the party? There's a man's life at stake here. So it's a man? No. Or a woman. A human life. If you had to guess who it would be based on their job performance and who you think deserves to be fired, who would that be? I just answer the phone. And sometimes you just let it go to voicemail. Your costume is fantastic. I know. <laughs> I sent away for it in July from a catalog. <laughs> oh, no, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> ah! <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, man. It's funny that you would have to... Order it from a catalog, because it is
1: just, I mean, I guess the suit part of the head Mm -hmm. would be a little difficult for a layman to put together, but. it also makes me wonder if it was like a service where you send them a picture of yourself, and then they make it, which should be why he also ordered it like so far in advance. Yeah. Takes time. Okay. Because, I mean, it looks vaguely like him, but just like a child's papier-mâché version of him. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, anyway, he uh, was pretty excited about that costume. I feel like this is the first of many times we see Pam expertly deflect Yeah, whatever with Michael. And another example
0: of uh, how these people have really know how to manipulate Michael.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of flattery goes a long way. Yep. I like how the second that Pam starts. like I feel like she was safe until she started asking about who it was. And then suddenly her head's on the chopping block.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And sometimes you let it go to voicemail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it seems like she's safe for now, at least, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah, from here we move on. We see Dwight uh, looks like re-handling sheathing. That's that's right. That's the word. His lightsaber into the handle. You ever have one of those lightsabers? I had... Something like
0: it. It wasn't a branded Star Wars lightsaber. It actually had, like, multicolored pieces of the cone. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't I don't think it had any association with any, like, franchise or anything like that. I think it was just a
1: general light sword toy. Gotcha. Yeah. I had uh, one of the really cheap ones that I think you got for a Halloween costume. Maybe, I think it was Darth Maul's, the double-sided one. Oh, yeah. And then I definitely I think I got my parents to maybe get me as a birthday gift or something one year like one of the nice toy ones it was like 35 bucks mm. Darth Vader's lightsaber that you could extend. Oh. Yeah, nice. I guess. <laughs> I mean I loved it at the time. Yeah. But uh what can you really do with a fake lightsaber, you know? It's
0: always one of those things cuz when you're a kid you really want like an actual laser emitting lightsaber totally. totally like the coolest thing ever and the way they advertise them it almost looks like you might be getting one but then it <laughs> but then it's just like the retractable cone version and it's never Thank god
1: for that <laughs> i mean yeah
0: <laughs> i mean i wouldn't imagine they would actually create a toy that could like cut through things
1: yeah but
0: it still would be cool to have like
1: Real lightsaber, yeah, like an extended. That technology was possible, yeah, if it was possible, (laughs)
0: even in 2019,
1: right? Yeah, I always
0: tried to imagine like how they would be able to make one, and the only thing I could ever come up with is like some weird system where there's like a something physical coming off the tip,
1: yeah, like in the middle to like like, stop the beam, yeah, there's like a mirror or something on top, but then you couldn't stab anything with it. No, exactly, and that's lame. I know. I could never
0: quite figure it out. but
1: I think a fundamental component of the lightsaber is the force-powered crystal that sits inside. Indeed. So, Yeah. It's hard
0: to come by those on Earth.
1: It is. <laughs> yeah. I've seen maybe one ever. Right. And it wasn't mine. <laughs> but anyhow, Dwight is uh, sheathing his not-real lightsaber. And uh, Jim walks up, and Dwight very condescendingly asks Jim what he's supposed to be. And Jim shows that he's got a uh, three black circles. It looks like construction paper on his shirt, stapled maybe. And he explains that he's three hole punched Jim because you can have him either way. Yeah, plain uh, plain white Jim or three hole punched Jim. Yep. Phyllis enjoys it. She appreciates it. Yeah. Gets a little chuckle. And uh, Dwight, I don't know, remember exactly what he says. Something condescending. Be like, oh yeah, well. Yeah, What do you think about this? And yeah, puts up his hood. <laughs> Phyllis, Like, what are you supposed to be, a monk? Or maybe he says, guess what I am. And she says, what, well, a monk? Yeah. No, I'm a Sith Lord. <laughs> and uh, what does she call him? She calls him an ass, I think. Yeah, he's like, well, at least I
0: put effort into my costume. This lightsaber cost me $129. That's
1: right. And then Phyllis, just kind of under her breath, is like, ass. That's where I got the money amount from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we see Michael uh, make a little visit to accounting. How are they dressed? Kevin is uh, dressed like Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles, but with a Dunder Mifflin logo on his chest. Dunder Mifflin man. Angela's dressed like a cat. Of course. Like a white tutu, it looks like. But it's a fur tutu. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. She went all out. (laughs) Oscar is dressed like a woman. Yep. He's got a dress and a wig. Michael says uh, he's showing his colors. (laughs) <laughs> but he wishes he could wear a dress every day. <laughs> what are you implying? <laughs> and uh, that is funny. I I feel like it's Michael, you know, even though he's making a joke, maybe he's being a little more insightful than he realizes. It's true.
0: Because Although at, least, I, at least at this point, as we've gotten to know Oscar, he hasn't really done or said anything that would make us think that he was gay.
1: No. So. And I guess, you know, him cross-dressing really has nothing to do with being gay. Well, right. It comes That's down to it in the real too. world. But right. In Michael's mind, it for sure is all lumped together. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Michael asks Angela what happened to the decorations, and uh, she doesn't know. They put them up last night, we get a little shot of the janitor. <laughs> vacuuming up. up all the cobwebs. <laughs> yeah, they <his> put giant <laughs> up fake cobwebs. Decoration. <laughs> Maybe he was new.
0: <laughs> Either way, I mean, you've got to know. Like, no yeah. office would function with, you know,
1: cobwebs <laughs> all over everything, day in and day out. And it's Halloween coming up. Maybe he was vindictive. He doesn't like his job. Yeah. Freaks it out on the office workers. Right. You should but, see what he did to advance refrigeration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Michael says uh, Angela should go buy more, and he is going to cover it because he cares about the party. <laughs> and then he tells them as a side note that... Uh, he needs them to find,
0: uh, needs to find like 50 grand.
1: Yeah. The books. Full, a full worker's salary plus benefits and salary <laughs> <laughs> for the year and the budget. And, uh, they, yeah, Angela's so like, we don't, really hard. <laughs> we don't
0: keep two sets of books. <laughs> Michael's like, well, just, just find it, okay? Act like your job depends on it. <laughs> and then they all look at each other like,
1: uh oh. Yep. <laughs> So from here, we see Michael make his way into the break room where Kelly is, and she has on a Dorothy costume, along with the uh, ruby slippers, and he tells her that it's an interesting choice. Interesting take on Dorothy. Yeah, interesting take on Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) She seems a little confused, then he tells her that she should have dressed uh, like the character from Bend It Like Beckham. Right. Like, oh, because she's Indian? (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess, you know, but I'm not really into soccer. Or anything. <laughs>
0: well, I don't have two heads, but
1: you know. <laughs> so yeah, just a little fun, casual racism from Michael. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to make things uh, easier, I guess. Somehow. Yeah. So we cut to Pam and Jim, who are sitting at Pam's desk, and they are seems like making a resume for Dwight. Well, before this, you see
0: uh, Jim at Pam's desk. Dwight walks up. And says, uh, "Oh, how's it going there? Three-hole punch, Jim." As he like punch, Jim punches oh, Jim that in the chest? completely. Yeah, and then you see Jim put a face on, like you know, Dwight's, you know, had gotten under his skin. He's really annoyed, and then they start putting ah. his resume together.
1: So there I, I is that. Yeah, there is
0: an impetus as to why Jim and Pam
1: start messing with Dwight that day. That makes sense, because I must have just been writing notes or something and just not paused. Because yeah. even when it came to this, I was like, I don't remember it being that abrupt and out of nowhere. Right. So glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're basically trying to figure out how to phrase Dwight's various idiosyncrasies <laughs> for resume. <Wednesday>. I, lo- <laughs> I do
0: love how they, they turn some of these phrases. <laughs> yeah. He's got the loyalty of a dog.
1: Dog like obedience to yeah, but, authority. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jim's like he he rephrases it as he's the ultimate team player. Yep. And then uh it's a gun
1: nut, it sticks to his guns. Sticks to his guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they explain that uh well maybe they don't do this yet, do they? I guess they do. Yeah, they explain that they're trying to uh fill out job applications for Dwight that ideally will take him out far of, away. Yeah, out yeah. of state. Just anywhere else. Right. From here, we cut back to accounting, where Angela discovered that uh, there's one department that has three people that can easily be done by the job of two. Right. And uh, Oscar is weirdly the slowest one on the uptake when it comes to this.
0: He's <laughs> like, oh, that's fantastic. Who? <laughs> or no, he just goes, oh, that's fantastic. And Angela looks over at Kevin, and Oscar's like, oh. <laughs> Kevin's oh. like, Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know how that never occurred to them before this. Honestly, I mean, I'm surprised. Besides Kevin,
0: I'm surprised Kevin keeps his job for as long as he does.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how. Yeah. Especially since it seems like he may or may not be stealing from the company the entire time, too. Oh, really? I mean, I vaguely remember what you're talking buy about. Buy a bar eventually when he leaves. Not sure how he pulled that one off. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And he does say uh, in the episode where they get the new employee who was busted for insider trading. Oh. That he had him explain it three times to him because it sounds an awful lot like what he does every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then when uh, Oscar, for reasons that obviously we won't go into in this episode, uh, tries to briefly frame Kevin, he shows Toby... A bunch of evidence uh that kevin cooked the books and toby's immediate response is oh his gambling problem must have resurfaced right so maybe that's why kevin becomes so seemingly stupid throughout the series too it's just to keep people on yeah brilliantly set. crafted cover the more he stole from the company the more he had to cover by just making himself more and more ridiculous yeah to the point where his thievery was just so blatant and so much that he couldn't hide it anymore that he had to come up with Kalevin to just balance his books at all. Right. <laughs> well done, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> well, despite Kevin's thievery, which probably could have saved Devin's job if they had caught that. Yeah. Uh, let's just assume that he's a crazy thief from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are not happy about that discovery. We see Michael pull Dwight aside and asks him who he thinks that he should fire. Dwight immediately says Jim. <laughs> of course. Michael says no. Jim brings in money. And then Dwight just starts going through a list of every single person that works in the office. <laughs> yeah, running down
0: <laughs> everybody's name. And after like the fourth or fifth person, you know, Michael obviously figures out what he's doing and mm-hmm. gets annoyed. I love <laughs> I love during the scene that uh they make Dwight appear like he's the emperor yeah Star Wars. that's what i was gonna say when but i also love that like uh <laughs> as soon as as soon as michael starts turning the tables on him and talking to the head on his shoulder about how it's how maybe dwight should be the one uh-huh cut, you see the emperor face but then you also catch just a little bit of dwight's glasses yep <laughs> <laughs> so you can see that it's him and it's almost like the facade is dropping and dwight starts panicking and you
1: know, and I like that he talks like the Emperor too, as he's protesting to Michael when Michael right. starts saying the head is implying the head is saying to fire Dwight no, tell him no <laughs> <laughs> not me <laughs> Oh that's great, and uh yeah, so Dwight's starting to get nervous about his job. We cut to Angela and Pam setting up the party in the conference room, and uh Angela. Criticizes Pam for putting down brownies and uh, not chips and dip, and asks her why she's trying to sabotage everything (laughs) because she made cookies. Same category, right? It's also surprising Angela did not make her famous brownies, but maybe she doesn't have that recipe yet. Not yet. And then we uh, get a little talking head with Pam, where she imagines Angela is the person in the neighborhood who gives out toothbrushes (laughs) or pennies, pennies or walnuts on Halloween. (laughs) And uh, from here, we cut to Pam back at her desk, and she is on the phone. And we got a clip.
2: Thunder Mifflin, this is Pam. Uh, yeah. Just one second. I will uh, transfer you to our manager, Michael Scott.
3: Michael Scott here. Yes, I am regional manager of this orifice. Mm hmm. Dwight Schrute is amazing. Yeah. No, he is actually the single greatest employee of his generation. Mm hmm. You know what? I'm going to tell you what. You hire Dwight K. Schrute, and he does not meet, nay, exceed, every one of your wildest expectations, well, then you can hold me. Michael Gary Scott, personally and financially responsible. Okay. 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 Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's pretty great, Michael. Yeah. I like that he throws in financially responsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't exceed uh, okay. every one of their wildest expectations. I
0: wonder what they would have done if Dwight was at his desk
1: that is a good question yeah (laughs) yeah well i guess it just kind of worked out that he wasn't yeah i mean pam could have motioned for jim to come up the next time
0: pam we can assume fields a call for you know uh dwight's references Mm -hmm. she transfers the call to dwight because he's on oh, the that's phone. True. Yeah, he's on the phone with Cumberland Mills. So maybe so.
1: that's the answer. We got the the Jim yeah. Michael call because of uh, Dwight not being there. Right.
0: But, I wonder if it was the same company that had taken
1: that reference and
0: you know they they moved Dwight's resume to the pile of like okay well now let's yeah
1: you know, do that it. makes sense yeah Cumberland Mills wants to check up on the boss first see what he has to say right and then they'll call <laughs> Dwight. So do they just call the same number for Dunder Mifflin twice and then just like mm. ask for Dwight the second time?
0: That's a good question. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't notice going through so many resumes that like the reference is the same number as the employee or the the person who's applying.
1: That's possible. Yeah, yeah I don't I know if Dwight has a cell phone yet. I think he does. That makes sense. It's two thousand five, so I feel like it's like a maybe. Yeah, I think I had my first cell phone maybe around. Well, no, it wasn't around 2005. It was really probably like
0: you didn't have a phone in high school.
1: I think I had a phone. My first phone was probably in more than like 1999 or 2000. That's what I was going to say. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely had a phone in high school, and that's I feel I... like 2005. We were already in college. Oh, that's true. So we definitely had phones then. Yeah,
0: you're right. Okay, I had a I had a beeper for a while.
1: Really? Yeah. I so... never had a
0: beeper. The, the bus system at the school I went to was kind of weird. And depending on which bus was available, I would take different ones to get to different locations in the city. Hmm. Both were equally convenient for my parents to come get me. Okay. But I would just pick the first one that was like ready to go.
1: I see. I'm and then
0: I would send, there was a way I could like send something from my pager to a landline phone that essentially just read a number
1: yeah. that I would send from
0: the pager. That makes
1: sense. So and it'd be depending spot on, one or spot two. Right.
0: Yeah. then that's exactly what I would do. But uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to think of when I got my first phone. Mm. I think it was probably my freshman year of high school.
1: What kind of phone was it?
0: One of those little Nokia bricks.
1: Mm. classic. I
0: think, yeah, that was my first phone. And the next, then I got like a flip phone after that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure one of those little Nokia bricks was my first one. It wasn't the first generation of those that everybody had. It was like the next gen. It was
1: like a little bit sleeker and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Screen was a little bigger. Right. It wasn't color yet, but it was clearer. Yeah. Yeah, I think my first phone was a ruby red, like metallic ruby red Samsung flip phone. Huh. Yeah, and I remember being jealous of friends that had the Nokia because it seemed better and cooler and it was smaller. Yeah, yeah it, was,
0: it was a decent phone. Yeah. That, those were back in the days when a cell phone battery would last you a week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get half a day now. <laughs> really? Well, I've also had this phone for a couple of years. Huh. Yeah. I could still go about a
0: day and a half on a single charge on mine.
1: Wow. Well aren't you something (laughs) (laughs) yeah where
0: do we we go from here
1: i don't know um yeah from here uh we actually have another clip right after this where uh we get to see where dwight is why he's not at his desk i think this is my favorite scene in the episode it's definitely up there i don't know if it's my favorite but it's close
3: (laughs) stanley could you come with me please no As assistant regional manager... To the... Look, I've got some bad news. You're fired. You need to pack up your things and go.
2: <laughs> I'm serious, Stanley. It's over. I'm sorry.
1: You're fired. <laughs> Get your fingers off my phone.
2: <laughs> so, how did it go with Stanley? how did he take it? You wouldn't listen to me. Oh, come on. If you want to fire him, you're going to have to tell him yourself. I don't want to fire Stanley. I never said that. I'm certainly not going to do it myself. Get those big baleful eyes staring at me. Yikes. Just, okay. just
0: <laughs> Oh, man. Anytime Stanley breaks into, like, an all-out giggle, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know it's a good moment. Yep. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. And as soon as he says that, Phyllis joins in on the laughter. <laughs> yeah. And- Really exposes like the true hierarchy of the office. Even though Dwight thinks he's number two, nobody really takes him seriously.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, he identifies himself as assistant regional manager to the <laughs> To the
0: <laughs> Stanley. I love Stanley throwing that
1: down. Oh, uh, Stanley's great. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> Those big, baleful eyes. <laughs> yeah. all staring back at me. Yikes. Yikes.
0: <laughs> I also like that uh, as soon as Michael realizes that like he was attempting to fire Stanley through Dwight and like sees the cameras on him. He's like, I never, no, I don't want to fire uh-huh. Stanley. <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do.
1: And since he knows that Stanley's not going anywhere, since there's no way he can bring himself to do it, yeah, you <laughs> don't want any bad blood <laughs> if it gets back to him. <laughs> yeah. There's even a,
0: there's even a time in the future where like Stanley could be justifiably let go. Yeah. And Michael doesn't do it even then.
1: No. so oh. Seems like a good call. Oh yeah. I mean, besides that Stanley is great, he does have the most consistent sales figures of any salesperson there. Yeah. And he's got kids in college, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Daughter in middle school. He's got a lot of kids. Yeah. Man a lot is, of man spouses, has spread his seed. Mistresses. He's he, got it all. That's true. He's a busy guy. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, from here we uh cut to Dwight back at his desk, and now he's on the phone with Cumberland Mills, yeah, asking them, uh saying he is interested in the job offer, and he's just wondering how they got his resume, <laughs> and uh, if it's his official resume or it might have been something that was uh passed along from a satisfied customer, <laughs> which is so
0: absurd, <laughs> so ridiculous that any customer would like be so happy with their service that <laughs> they somehow like cobble together a resume, like know enough about Dwight just from their conversations of him trying to sell them paper Mm -hmm. that they could put a resume together for him.
1: It's his weird blind spot for Jim pranks. Yeah. Which I feel like we see a lot from Dwight is he's suspicious of everybody and everything all the time, except for whenever Jim is intentionally pranking him and then he just never sees it coming. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good point. Um, so yeah, we, uh, get a little talking head with dwight where he's saying that he wouldn't leave dunder mifflin because he's very loyal in fact he feels like part of what they're paying him for is his loyalty so he would never leave unless he found some place that valued his loyalty more (laughs) at which point he would go to
0: the company that values his loyalty the most exactly (laughs) before this though while he's on the phone with cumberland mills You have it in the notes. Oh,
1: right. I forgot to bring it up. (laughs) Yeah. He
0: asks them specifically, what does it say under martial arts training? And as soon as he gets his response, he's like, oh, okay. I need to supplement
1: that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, from here we see uh, Jim and Pam kind of quietly chuckling at their desk while Dwight is now angrily shouting at the person from Cumberland Mills that martial arts is important. And that he knows about a billion Asians that beg to differ. (laughs) And, uh, that, well, that person is an idiot and then ends it with, well, well, you still have my resume on file, you know, you're still considering <laughs> yeah. me for the job. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I get frustrated
0: when I deal with this kind of incompetence. <laughs> you can burn in hell too, and I'll see you there. <laughs> so when are you going to let me know about your decision?
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And then we see Pam telling Jim that he should apply for the job in Maryland cause it pays a lot better and he's qualified mm-hmm. and Jim is very taken aback. Crushed. Yeah. A little bit crushed at least. I mean, he
0: just, well enough that he yeah. like essentially gives Pam the silent treatment until she all out apologizes.
1: Yeah. He is hurt. Yeah. Definitely hurt. Um, so yeah, he kind of backs away And, uh, says, yeah, maybe, uh, we see Dwight heading into Michael's office before he does. He turns to the camera and says, here's how to leverage an offer. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells Michael that he got a job offer from Cumberland mills for better position with more money. (laughs) Michael is so relieved. He's like, this is great, but I turned it down (laughs) out of loyalty to you. (laughs) No, why you idiot? Well, I thought you'd be Can you get it back? Can you call them back? <laughs> they never they never offered me the job in the first place. I never really got an offer. <laughs> why are you torturing me like this? And I like the little little look Dwight gives the camera after getting that question like just well, Sith Lord. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, from here we uh, cut to Jim, who is with the camera crew in the conference room, talking about his take on the day.
3: Honestly, I don't think Michael has the slightest clue of who he's going to fire. I think he keeps hoping that someone's going to volunteer or be run over by a bus before the deadline. But in the end, really what's going to happen is it's going to be the first person to give him a dirty look in the hall. And therein lies the true essence of his charisma. <clears throat> Can I speak to you a minute? Um, yes. Michael, I really didn't mean
2: to... Help me. I'm sorry? I want you to role play firing me. I want you to fire me and I will take it.
3: Oh, you want me to be you?
2: Yes. Okay. I want you to be me and I will be Creed.
3: Oh, are you firing Creed? No,
2: no, no. That's just first thing can't can't... Head. we should switch seats in order to yes that's a good idea alright excuse me
3: <clears throat> I'm really sorry but I have to let you go and it's purely budgetary it's not personal
2: ah, I'm gonna kill myself wow I'm going to kill myself and it's your fault
3: that's an overreaction
2: corporate is really breathing down my neck and they're saying this has to be done are by you? the end of the is this month you? are you being you or is this creed you... Th- i am this is creed okay. i'm improvising to so just try to keep up Ooh, and well, I'm, I'm very got, angry got. and i want i'm gonna kill, I'm gonna here. kill you michael scott here toby kill you for firing
3: mm-hmm. i really have to take this creed so it was really well, was get off get off me. no no no
2: okay? just get off
0: time Jim plays Michael in this episode. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. <laughs> this you or Creed. <laughs> the best part is Michael's pause where he really has to think about it for a second, and then still comes up with it being Creed somehow right. that's arguing for his own firing and yeah. a corporate breathing down his neck. <laughs> He's improvising. Try to keep up. <laughs> I love that my or that Jim takes the call from Toby. -hmm. And then uh, Michael kicks him out of his office, and when he sits back down, the first thing he does is just hang up the phone immediately. (laughs) Doesn't care.
0: Probably knows exactly why Toby's calling,
1: and it probably wouldn't matter even if he didn't. No, it's (laughs) it's true. But yeah, I'm sure that he knows it's about. I mean, especially considering the deleted scene we see where Toby actually enters into his office to talk to him, and I think we don't see Toby in the episode besides that deleted scene because that bathrobe pajama combo kind of struck me as being unique to me to me seeing it at least
0: i feel like there was a brief oh yeah it was when uh devon walks out of michael's office at the end you see toby
1: oh but he's dressed normally no, no no oh he's, he's, he's dressed in the robe and pajamas ah, yeah
0: but okay. it, he doesn't have any speaking lines he's just kind of like walking up and that's all you see of him
1: gotcha cry man squaw
0: i got to say, Jim's talking head portion of this clip is really harsh
1: against Michael. (laughs) And therein lies the true, what does he say? The The true essence of his charisma. I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) No, it's just, but damn, that is a scathing... uh, Indictment? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like Jim's not normally so, I don't know, brash. that
1: no at least not to the cameras right but uh yeah i guess they needed it to be something
0: intense because
1: some reason he could think it could possibly be him right yeah because he
0: you do you get that he's really nervous walking out of the conference room and into michael's
1: office and then there's long pause the fearful look back and forth pam yeah yeah. dwight flipping
0: puts up his sith lord hood and then signals like, like the cutting. Yeah, yeah. throat cutting to Pam, and Pam looks nervous. And yeah, so I guess they needed something to like seem like Jim pushed Michael over the edge.
1: But yeah, yeah. And therein lies the true essence. crazy. <laughs> So from here, uh, we have another clip. A lot of clips. I noticed when I was taking clips from this episode that a lot of the best scenes were just like kind of back to back, but well, separate. We do have one little thing in
0: between these.
1: Oh, right, that's true. I keep—I don't know why I keep skipping my own notes. But uh, yeah, we see Pam run up and grab Jim's hand after he leaves and asks him what happened. He just says it wasn't him, and she starts going on about how she was freaking out, and Jim just kind of pulls his hand away and walks yeah.
0: away. Continuing his it's not a full blown silent treatment. No, he's just
1: being a bit icy. Yeah. Very yeah. yeah. Awkward. Cold towards Pam. Mm Yeah. And she definitely notices. Oh yeah. I mean I mean, how'd you not? Right, exactly. Yeah. So from here, uh Michael calls another person into his office. Decides to call in Creed. You are great and very
2: ambitious. And I feel like you want more than this little office has to offer. And I understand that you'd want to just spread your wings and fly the coop. What are you telling me? Uh, we're going to have to. You you want something better. No, I don't. I want to stay right here. Yo, uh, You want to leave? No, I, I no, want to stay are, here. Why are you making this so hard? Um, I think there's a misunderstanding I it. think you're right. Can I go? No, of course you can't go. We haven't even... T- Started this horrible process of, okay, Creed, I need to let somebody go today. They told me I need to let somebody go. And as much as I think you're a great guy and I like you, you're, you're goodbye. Let's fight it. Hmm? Let's call Jan and fight this thing together like the old days. What old days? What are you talking about? Did you start the paperwork yet? It's right here on the desk, yeah. You don't have to do this, Michael. I can't- I can't- uh, Undo it! I can't change anything. No, the you way have the it, power to undo it. I you don't- can undo it. Okay, just let's- know. Michael! Don't- please. Undo it! Yeah, I went hunting once. Shot the deer in the leg. Had to kill it with a shovel. Took about an hour. Why do you ask? I have to fire someone today. Okay? Fine. Fire someone else. Fire Devin. He's terrible. I am so much better at my job than Devin. Okay, well, I already picked you, and you know that. So, unless I just go through with this, you're always going to look at me as the guy who almost fired you. No, 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 no. I will forget so fast. You will be my savior. You're the guy who gave me my life back. Thank you. I knew you'd see it my way, Michael. God bless you. You are a fine man. Don't... Listen, you will not regret this either. Devin is terrible. No one's going to miss him. Good, good, good.
0: (laughs) This is a really good uh, introduction to Creed's character. And I never really, upon previous watches, I never really, I guess, you know, thought about that this is like Creed's first spoken line in the show.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And there's... Just that last thing at the end kind of highlights how much of a weirdo he is. Yeah. Where he's just like, ah,
1: good, 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 good. (laughs) Just like, what? Who would ever do that? And he's just like, it also shows kind of what we see more from him that he's like, kind of almost like a con man. Oh yeah. That he just pushes Michael into completely doing a 180 from what he was going to do. And Michael never even agrees with him, and he's just like, thanks for seeing it my way. All right, I'll see ya. you. Oh, you yeah. won't regret this. Yeah, yeah. He's a survivor. I love his, let's fight it like the old days. <laughs> what old days? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it was, would be fun to point out that Creed is dressed as a vampire. Uh-huh. And Michael happens to use the uh, metaphor of him spreading his wings and flying. Yep. <laughs> flying the coop. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah.
1: And it definitely fits. Yeah. Like
0: a I don't know if, I don't know if it was on purpose or if it just so happened to work out that way, but
1: either way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that is the first time we ever hear Creed speak as you yeah. pointed out. Yeah. So let's talk about Creed. Woo. So we got Creed Bratton born William Charles Schneider born February 8th, 1943. He is an actor and a musician. He used to be in the band The Grassroots and is best known for playing himself or a fictionalized version of himself. Yeah. Hopefully fictionalized in well, the office.
0: I mean we both saw him <laughs> live. He certainly isn't as bizarre and weird as the creed we know from the office. So
1: at least he didn't seem to be. It's true. The perfect cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like uh to go into a little detail about his Life, because it's interesting. Uh, He grew up in a small town near Yosemite National Park. His father died when he was two years old after an airplane he was working on exploded when he was stationed in Hawaii. Whoa. Which is a pretty crazy way to go. For real. Um, It looks like his grandparents, mother, and father were also musicians, and he took a liking to music at a very early age, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. At 13, he ordered his first guitar from a Seals Sears Seals. <laughs> Sears Mail. Wow, I just can't speak <laughs> at all. A Sears Mail Order Catalog. He became a professional musician during his high school and college years and started a band that eventually changed their name to The Grassroots with several other musicians. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they were immediately a hit. They went straight to the top 10 with their song Let's Live for Today in 1967. They toured around a lot, played a lot of iconic festivals. Had some other hit songs, like Midnight Confessions.
0: Including Woodstock, if I remember correctly. I want to say the grassroots played at the original Woodstock.
1: You might be right. I didn't remember seeing that in the list, but I could have no. I could have definitely missed it. I yeah, mean, maybe I, don't I don't know how yeah, I don't know. comprehensively I was reading through that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like he did not play with the band for super long. In 1969, he had become frustrated with their record company, Dunhill which apparently was refusing to let the band write their own songs because I was reading they were such, because they were such a smash hit so quickly, every big songwriter wanted to write their music.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that they had that hit before they were signed. Yeah. And when a record company comes at you with, you know, an attractive offer and you're a band that's just kind of getting started with this big hit, you know, you're going to take it, but then down the road, once you realize how much creative control the label wants, then you're you know, going to get frustrated like he did. So mm-hmm. makes sense.
1: And yeah, he was frustrated, as you say. I guess they had a disastrous appearance at Fillmore West in April 1969. I'm really curious as to what that entailed.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: So if any of our listeners have any idea about that, please reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. And we'll bring you up in the next episode of the show, and It Up. <laughs> Um, and I guess he was asked to leave the band after that. Uh, it looks like he took some time off and then pursued acting in 1979. He's been in movies like Mask and Heart Like a Wheel and a lot of stuff I never heard of. But it looks like he's worked fairly consistently in movies since that time. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, that is Creed Bratton. He. It's a shame that it took so long to introduce him properly in the office because... He's definitely one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like we don't see that much of him, and I think that's part of the charm, is it always leaves you wanting more.
0: And he represents such a off-the-wall comedy styling that you don't get from any other character in the show.
1: Yeah, and he delivers it very subtly, too, which is part of the charm, that he's yeah. by far the craziest person in the office, but he doesn't come off that way until he he starts talking. It's true. Or you see just the various things that he seems to be wrapped up in.
0: Yeah. As the show goes on, you're peeling back more and more layers.
1: Yeah. And it just (laughs) gets weirder and weirder. And you just see hints of it. And then maybe he'll explain it. Like when they're all at the bar and these (laughs) random like kids are all just like, Hey, Creed, how's it going? He just gives them (laughs) a little wave and explains to the talking head that he swiped a laminating machine from the sheriff's station. (laughs) And that he's been making photo IDs and right. selling them ever since. <laughs> got All have, the places. Gotta have some balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Bow body. Um, so anyway, from here, getting back to the show, Michael decides to go with what Creed suggested and calls in Devin. Do you think Creed and Devin both work in quality assurance? It would make sense considering they are sitting across from one another.
0: That and Creed comments about how he's so much better at his job than Devin.
1: Yeah, that would make sense.
0: And how would Creed know what Devin's doing unless they're both working towards the same thing? So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It makes me wonder Michael doesn't seem to know how either of their job performance like stacks up against one another.
1: No, I don't think he really knows what they do necessarily. Yeah. And it also would make a lot of sense that if Creed somehow has skated by doing his job the way we can imagine Creed does his job, yeah, that the, it would be in his best interest to get rid of Devin because Devin, assuming he's m- remotely competent, would know that Creed is completely incompetent. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can't even spell basic words. <laughs> right. What does Quality he do? Quality
0: assurance. Qua. Qua.
1: Qua something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then what is that episode with the uh, watermark on the paper. Right. He says every, uh, was it every three weeks, he's supposed to do a spot check at the paper mill. And the one year he blows it off, this happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess, and you know what, it also makes sense if you think about the series finale Mm -hmm. where after Creed has left, Dwight explains, this is big spoilers for anybody, sorry if you haven't watched it, but you probably have. Yeah. But anyway, it is explained that uh, Devin was rehired. Right. So he always liked him. Right. So I guess, why else would you rehire him? He wasn't sitting in the sales pit. No. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he could hypothetically be client relations with Meredith, but yeah, that makes the most sense. So, uh, Devin, we have Devin who we just jump right into it in the middle of the scene. We see Devin shouting at Michael that, uh, Michael had it right the first time. Creed is an idiot, he should be the one that's getting fired. And he, Michael, basically says that he's not gonna go back on his word again and fire Creed because it would make him look like an idiot. <laughs> so I'm getting fired so you don't look like an idiot? <laughs> and uh, Michael stays strong and says that he just hopes that he and Devin can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Devin's just left
0: speechless as he like slumps back into the chair he's sitting in.
1: It's also kind of... Uh, I, I guess it was probably intentional that Devin is losing his job in this episode and came dressed like a hobo.
0: Yeah. I thought of that too. (laughs) And you know, what's funny. There's a deleted scene in season three. At some point when Michael is in New York, Mm -hmm. where he comes across a homeless Devin really. And Devin like chases him
1: down. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Right.
1: So I don't know how I missed that.
0: That makes it even more appropriate that Devin's wearing a hobo costume.
1: Wow, poor Devin.
0: Yeah. It's it's <laughs> funny because, you know, Michael overreacts when Jim does the fake firing with him. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that Devin doesn't land on his feet after this. And Michael was actually kind of vindicated and feeling like he's ruining somebody's life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least in the deleted scene world. In the deleted scene world, (laughs) right. Hopefully in the the office canon, Devin, you know, has a (laughs) quality assurance job somewhere else. Somewhere else, else, yeah. Hopefully not bumping into Creed ever. (laughs) (laughs) So Devin storms out of his office, and uh, Michael stops him before he can leave. Says that he wants to try to make it right by giving him a gift certificate to Chili's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On top of severance and...
1: Yeah, Devin takes the gift certificate and... Tears it up into tiny pieces in front of Michael, throws it on the ground, and uh, shouts out uh, to Kevin, Jim, Pam, Kelly, Toby, Oscar, Meredith, and Phyllis, or Stanley, or the Demp. If anybody wants to go drinking with him, he's going to be at poor Richard's, and the rest of them can go to hell. <laughs> and uh, that actually factors into the deleted scene we see of the Halloween party that everyone left. Nobody uh-huh. went to the party except for... Angela, Dwight. Dwight and Creed and right. Michael. Yeah. And Michael is telling them that they're all the least popular people or that <laughs> Dwight specifically is the least popular person. He should have fired him after he extremely creepily literally catcalls Angela. <laughs> but like in such a weird way. I'm Oh, gl- it's gross. I'm
0: really glad they cut that scene because yeah. It it very much seemed a little out of character for Dwight because while he can be annoying and obnoxious sometimes, he never really gets he's he's kind of wholesome at heart.
1: Yeah, he comes off as very like creepy. In, yeah. Like and, a and sexual that scene. creepy yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. Just, and it, it doesn't really It's f- not Dwight. No, it's really not. And he's creepy in a lot of ways, but not that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it's gross the way he says pussy. It's just, just like, like Five times in a row yeah, before I, like, he gets I, the cat. I imagine that in real life, Rain Wilson apologized to Angela Kinsey after they shot that, <laughs> that scene. It was just like, ugh, like <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs>
0: it almost makes me wonder if he's like trying to like sing a song about a pussy cat.
1: If it's like, he's trying to do like here, pussy, pussy, pussy. I guess he is doing that, but it's yeah. like it in the most off. disgusting possible way. Yeah. Really disturbing. It's gross. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is the end and the f- only time we ever heard Devin speak, getting back to the episode from the deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about Devin. Devin is played by Devin Abner, and it uh, looks like he is, I don't know if this is current, engaged to Hallie Foote. Footy. Yeah. Maybe they're married at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he appeared in a movie called Alone, alongside her, his father-in-law, Horton Foote. Wrote the stage play <laughs> The Trip to Bountiful and he portrayed the role of Ludie Watts in two thousand three and between two thousand five and two thousand six. And in two thousand six he received a drama desk award nomination for Best Featured Actor for his performance in said play. And that seems to be pretty much all this guy's done. Yeah. You'll be missed. <laughs> Goodbye, Devin. Yeah. Poor bastard, got West Nile virus. What can you do? (laughs) Um, So yeah, after Devin makes that announcement, pretty much everybody gets up and just leaves following him without going to the party. Yeah. Uh, Before Jim leaves, Pam runs up to him and kind of explains herself, saying that he better not leave. She doesn't want him to leave and go for that other job. She would blow her brains out if he wasn't there. Right. And then we get a little talking head of Jim saying how, you know, that's just an expression. Although he's smiling, he definitely feels better. Oh, Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, if she left, he wouldn't blow his brains out, but he probably would take that other job in Maryland, since it's double the pay, and his favorite food just happens to be soft-shell crab. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then we get... Really,
0: it really shows how
1: much he really into Pam. Yeah, that he pretty much is putting his potential life and things that could make him happy on hold just to... Right. I mean, he doesn't even seem to think that being with her is any possibility. He just wants to be near her, essentially. Yeah, to the point where he doesn't even want to leave the city just
0: to continue, you know, seeing her every day. Yeah,
1: kids got it bad. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe even now he knew he was waiting for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is the end of the episode with the exception of a uh, little monologue we get from Michael that, uh, before we jump into the clip, I just want to say the beginning of it is played over some shots of Devin, uh, trashing Michael's car in the parking lot with what was it like a watermelon or just no, a pumpkin? Ch- oh, it was a pumpkin because that makes infinitely more sense. Halloween, yeah, right, and uh, yeah, just smashing it into his car repeatedly, smearing it all over the windows.
2: <laughs> I love Halloween. It's just just fun. Every year, it's just fun. Last Halloween, I came as Janet Jackson's boob. (laughs) It was topical. People got a a big kick out of it. The year before that, I came as Monica Lewinsky. And I wore a stained dress. (laughs) The year before that, I also came as Monica Lewinsky. And before that, I was OJ. It was pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, I wish you were here last year. hey how you doing wow you guys look great i'm a bumblebee (laughs) you look great and you're a princess a fairy princess princess. you're very you're lying well i want to hear your your oh okay that's all yours that's all yours grab it grab it you know what you guys are getting all of these
1: yeah That is the end of the episode, and I think it's worth mentioning uh, for anybody listening that hasn't watched this recently or hasn't seen it at all, that uh, before the doorbell rings at Michael's condo and the kids are there trick-or-treating, you see a shot of him through the window where he's just sitting in front of the TV, not even looking at it, just completely despondent. Yeah. Just staring off into space. Very pensive. Mm Mm-hmm. Remorseful. And uh, I like that it ends on that happy note. That's that little... Yeah, but Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels, in.
0: heartfelt, uplifting ending scene.
1: Mm-hmm. And we see Michael is not the kind of person that gives out walnuts or pennies. Oh no, brushes. No, he's
0: actively engaging the kids and wants to be liked by them.
1: Yeah, and is liked by them. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I'm just saying, you know, he. Yeah, we
0: see over and over again that you know Michael really loves kids.
1: Little kid lover. That way people will know exactly what his priorities are. Uh, <laughs> he does, though. <laughs> and uh, what does he say? Oh, no, it's not talking about kids. It's when he's talking about babies. He's talking about how much he loves babies, and he tries to hold one every day. He thinks they're amazing in so many different ways, and he thinks that they like him because they see him as one of them. Right. But, you know, smarter, and with his life more together. <laughs> So yeah, touching moment after the pain. And also, kind of a big moment in the show, because finally we are past the season one arc of downsizing. Yeah. This is the first time that not every episode is colored by the mention of Downsizing. Or I guess not this time, but next episode will be the first time that's pretty much done as a subject. I don't think it ever comes up again.
0: It's true. I'm pretty sure next episode there is, like the whole office... Is still kind of reeling from Devon's firing. Yeah. And I think someone brings it up. I think the they mentioned that. Yeah. But at
1: least the looming threat of downsizing right. no, is no, no. Exactly. Yeah, a plot point anymore. You're right. I feel like the show is really kind of, it's like the last vestiges of the British office that it's shaken off now that they've kind of done away with that. Yeah. And it can blossom and, you know. Right. That weight has been lifted. Spanned into its own dojo. Right. And that is the episode Yeah Ratings? Ratings Ratings
2: The Dunny. How can I explain 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 it? I I I want you to create it I you all made it
1: You never have to work so
2: hard and feel no
1: notices You're just a name and
2: number and no one even says hello
1: so I went first last week.
0: You're oh a bra. boy, what oh you got? Oh my god, I like this episode. I think I say that every time. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine we're going to say that every yeah every episode. This is a tough one because I feel bad for Michael the entire time. You know, there's this negative thing kind of permeating. You know, the whole
1: episode. It's just a sad, dark day.
0: A little bit. I mean, you can you can tell that it's affecting Michael that way. Oh, yeah. Michael is not in,
1: in good spirits, so to speak. No. And because of his great capacity for emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's affecting him more strongly than it would maybe someone else. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some truth to that. He's a very emotional man. He is.
0: And he has a very hard time separating... Personal matters from business matters. Uh-huh. And it's sad to me that corporate, I mean, of course, he's manager. Like, this is his job. Mm-hmm. And we've had it explained to him before that, like, part of his job is, you know, giving people bad news. Yep. And it's just sad to see him put in that position because. As good of a manager as he is, he doesn't seem to really have the emotional tools developed to handle stuff like this.
1: No, or even the work tools. Yeah. Considering his method of figuring out who to fire is basically trying to ask everybody individually who they think should be fired <laughs> before just settling somewhat randomly on Creed because it's the first person that popped into his mind and then being manipulated and just changing his mind to Devin.
0: Right. Oh, we never saw Ryan this episode.
1: No, we see him in the background. What's he dressed as? He's not. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I think the only time that I can think of specifically seeing him in the background is when Dwight's asking Jim about his costume after Jim gives his remark. Ryan doesn't laugh, but he's just kind of smiling in the background at the proceedings.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I would give this episode six and a half out of ten... Full punches.
1: Wow. Some weird reason. I knew you were going to give it a six and a half before you said that. Really? I don't know why, but it just popped in my head. Was yeah, like you're giving it a six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to be a little more generous, but not much more generous than you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it seven walnuts out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> walnuts, nice. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's it has some funny moments. I really yeah. liked the parts that we clipped. Right. But uh, outside of that, it is kind of a bummer of an episode. Yeah. You don't get a lot of things going on. It's mostly just the camera's focused on Michael as he is trying to explain why it's the worst day ever. Right. And he doesn't know what to do. Just wallowing Mm -hmm. in anguish as he destroys a human life. (laughs) Which I guess in that deleted scene, he did. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I think I'm going to stick with that.
0: Yeah. I feel like I gave it that extra half a point, if only for that scene where Dwight tries to fire Stanley. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Get your hands off my phone.
1: Oh, I love that Stanley laugh. I, th- I feel like this
0: watch through this time around, I'm really, really appreciating Leslie David Baker's
1: oh, he's so good. parts in this series. Yeah. He's so good. He's got some amazing expressions too. And they're always like in the background of a scene. They mm-hmm. The camera never even focuses on him while he's doing it. But I feel like just a lot of times when something's going on he just makes the best faces. Yeah, And sometimes they do focus on the amazing faces he's making. Like when Aaron first joins the office and Dwight pulls Andy aside and uh, <laughs> is like yeah, I noticed your pupils dilating and your skin was flushed when you are talking to her. I imagine a little bit of blood, blood. rushed into your penis. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Stanley's face as they're having this discussion like a foot away from yeah. him. <laughs> That's so great. And I think it says a lot about Andy that he has no reaction to Dwight saying that either. It's just it's a perfectly fine conversation for him yeah. to have with Dwight. <laughs>
0: But we'll get to Andy one day. oh, you know what that just reminded me of Andy and Dwight talking about Aaron that way uh Tabitha this a saleswoman that I work with uh-huh was telling me about this podcast called Fangasm, and apparently they did uh, a short run well, what it is is it's a podcast about uh fan fiction of various shows, uh-huh, and usually I guess it's more. Like sexual fantasy fan fiction.
1: Okay. That makes appara- sense.
0: Apparently, maybe. they did a short run of Office fan fiction. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I bet it'd be funny, though. Let's read it and review it
1: next episode. Yeah. Special episode. <laughs>
0: she actually mentioned like doing a bonus episode and brought up, like, oh, that you could know, be if, fun. if we ever do a Patreon, maybe like do a, a bonus episode covering those or something.
1: Yeah. It could be something to look
0: into. Yeah. I definitely wanted to check it out after she. Tell me about
1: it. Well, to any of our listeners out there, in addition to please rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever else on Facebook, drop us a line and let us know if you think we should do that. Yeah. Or if you'd hate it if we would do that. We still might do it. Or not do it. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Or maybe we can do a little cross-promotion deal with Fangasm.
1: The balls are in your court, Fangasm. (laughs) 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 On that note, I don't think I have anything else to add. Do you? No. No. All right. Well, this has been Out of Paper. Uh, Check us out on social media. Subscribe, download, whatever you want to do. And uh, we'll catch you next week with episode 11.
0: Catch you later. No, this was episode
1: 11. Was it? I thought this was episode 10.
0: Last week was episode 10. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. I'll bet you $5.
1: Huh. Wait. We're both wrong. No. This is episode 5.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but the 11th episode overall.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, good call. It's
0: funny. That keeps <laughs> coming up episodes after we talked about not.
1: We need to stop saying what episode it is. <laughs> this is my fault getting confused. I'm going to slip it in every episode now. <laughs> we'll be back for episode whatever, <laughs> <laughs> the sixth episode of season two of The Office, out of paper. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Catch you later, paper people. <laughs> See you guys later. All right. Catch you on the flippity flip. The flippity flip. <laughs> Peace out. Warehouse. Take her easy, guys. Yeah, have a good one. All right. I'll come back now. <laughs> <laughs> out
1: of paper. Out of stock. The friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing
0: your pain. Call Micah Stanley, Jim, the and Creek, call any and get for your business paper needs called the, the, the Mifflin. People, persons, paper,
2: people. The Mifflin. Stop, stop, People, stop, 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 stop,
1: stop, stop, Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The office, the office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of the office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.